morning. It's still worthy to be praised this evening. It's a blessing that we're even able to come to church and to lift up his name. I'll be honest with you, I'm nervous this evening. I, I, I pray that we're in the right place. This is the right time for this message. To be honest with you, especially after this morning's service, I didn't want to preach this and I kind of pondered and thought on something all week long and I was pretty settled on it. And the other day I was driving home from work and I heard a song that I'd heard, I don't know, a couple hundred times at least. And God began to show me some things from the text that I could recall while I was driving and settled down and uh, gave me some questions from the text. and We want to do our best to exalt his name this evening. We want to do our best to uplift him for who he is, regardless of what he's done, but just for who he is. I mean, uh, certainly God is worthy to be praised for who he is, regardless of if he ever put a plan of salvation into action. He's still God. He's still worthy to be praised. Now, salvation, we can praise him all day for that, but just simply who he is. We ought to be able to praise him for that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, chapter 14. Matthew, chapter 14. Start reading in verse 22. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. Still hear a few pages turning. Sounds like most of everybody is there. Verse 22, the Bible says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art 
the Son of God. Pray with me and pray for me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening. God, we thank you for another opportunity, God, to stand up and to proclaim your word. God, Lord, we pray that we'd be a help to your people this evening. God, we pray that we'd encourage them, God, Lord, that we'd challenge them, God, Lord, that they'd be drove to a decision here this evening, God, Lord, that what they would do for you. God, we pray that you'd bless the reading of your word, God. Help me to focus, God, focus my mind, Lord. Guide my tongue, God, do the work through me this evening, God. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be heard, God. I simply want to be a tool in your hand this evening, God. Help me not to do anything in and of myself, God. Help me to just say exactly what you'd have me to say and nothing that you wouldn't. God, we love you this evening. We thank you for your blessings, God, Lord. We, God, we just thank you for the finished work at Calvary, God. We thank you for who you are, God, and what you're able to do, God. We're looking forward to see what you do, God. Lord, with our youth at camp this week, God, we're looking forward to see what you do with us at camp this week, God. We just praise you for all that you do for us. We love you and appreciate you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Reading this text, uh, most people were probably at least somewhat familiar with the text here. We know that Peter walks on water. We know that he had got out of a boat and there was a storm going on and that Jesus had before sent them to the other side. But I want to give you back up just a little bit and give you a little bit of an introduction here and kind of set the scene for what is taking place and what has caused this to happen. So our introduction, we see that there is a feeding of the multitude. We see that Christ feeds the multitude with uh, five uh, loaves and two fish and we see that he, uh, everybody has more than they can eat and they take up all these fragments left over. A miracle in and of itself. We see the feeding of the multitude. So we see the power of Christ on display. Yes. We see Amen. who he is with what he's able to do with just a little bit of thing, just a little bit of earthly thing. Christ is able to take and multiply beyond belief. Hey, and I believe that's good preaching right there for us as well. If we would give God a little more of ourselves, hey, how much more could he multiply? How much more could he do to serve the multitude if we just give more to him? So we see the feeding of the multitude. We see the frenzy of the multitude. Well, what do you say here? What's the frenzy? I know that um, here lately, um, Taylor Swift has been on this big tour. And I mean, tickets are selling out left and right. Uh, people are just standing in line just hoping that they can get in. Uh, there were a couple concerts out in t- uh, Cincinnati um, a few weekends ago. And they said that if you live in Cincinnati, you're probably just better off to go somewhere else for the weekend. There's going to be that many people there. That's a frenzy of a multitude. Well, the frenzy here that we find after Jesus has fed the multitude is that they are really willing at that very moment to give him anything he asked for. And oftentimes we need to be more like that. But what they were wanting Christ to do was to set up a kingdom now. They were wanting to set up a throne now to overthrow Roman rule. Understand, that's not what the plan was. From eternity past, that's not what God had designed. That's not what Christ, Holy Spirit, and God had set down in eternity passed around their table of counsel so to speak. I, you give me a little liberty here. I don't know that they really had to sit down and discuss this but it's an awful fun conversation to think about if you've not thought about it. But in eternity past you look at it and God says well what we're going to do is we're going to make man in our image. And uh, 
Christ said, well, that's a great thing to do. I'm on board with that. Holy Spirit says, yeah, I like that idea too. But the thing is, is they're going to break my heart, God. Right. They're going to fall out of fellowship with us. And God says, well, I know that. And Christ speaks up and he says, come on, but, but there's a sacrifice. And he says, I'll go and I'll be the same. I will robe myself in flesh and go down and live a perfect life on the earth so that there might be a way that they can come back to us. They might be redeemed so that they can have right fellowship with us. Understand, that's part of that conversation that's happened in eternity past. But you see, the Jews here, the multitude, all the people around are wanting Christ to do something now. They're wanting to see more power. They're just wanting more of Him to please themselves, not to please Him. You see, we need to want more of Christ to please Him, not to please ourselves. But that's the frenzy of the multitude. They were desiring a kingdom to overthrow Roman rule. Not only was the multitude desiring this, a lot of the disciples thought this was a good idea too. Oftentimes, Christ begins to tell them about his crucifixion, tell them that he has to die, and the disciples are like, no, Lord, that's not the way it's going to be. And it's God who's sitting there right in front of them, who laid this all out, who's telling them, yes, it is how it's going to be. But understand, oftentimes, we get worked up into a frenzy, and we begin to desire things that God doesn't want for us. So that's the feeding of the multitude, the frenzy of the multitude. And then we see the forcing of the multitude. This is introduction. We see that the disciples are constrained to get into a boat. Right. And to go to the other side. That's the word the Bible uses. Constrained. Meaning that Christ has compelled them. Yes. He has urged them. Not necessarily with urgency. But He has compelled them in such a manner that they're willing to get in the boat and to go. I'm sure there was some protest, probably from Peter, no less. He said, God, we're not going off and leaving you. Jesus, we're not going to leave you here to the multitude. But Jesus insisted, get in the boat. Amen. Get in the boat and go to the other side. Not only does he send the disciples away, but he sends the multitudes away. He tells them to go. And I don't know, it doesn't really give us a whole lot on how he did so, but I'm certain that if you have a crowd of a couple thousand, a couple tens of thousand actually, absolutely ready just to pick you up and take you probably where you don't necessarily want to go, you're going to have to compel them as well. Amen. You're going to have to constrain them to go. So the feeding of the multitude, the frenzy of the multitude, and the forcing of the multitude. That's where we find ourselves as we begin to read this text. We find ourselves that Christ has done this great miracle. He's done this great work and that the people are desiring more from Christ simply just to be out from under the rule of the Romans. But we see the forcing of the multitude. But I want to give you the title of the message this evening. And I have three questions, and I hope you're able to answer these questions by the end of the sermon. Bless you, sermon title, It's Time to Get Out of the Boat. Amen. It's Amen. time to get out of the boat. Well, you mean, preacher, I simply mean this. It's time that we as Christians young people, old people, middle-aged people alike, that we as born again, saved by the blood, Christians get out of our boat. Yes. It is Amen. time that we are willing to do 
more for God. Right. It's time that we're willing not to worry about what's going on around us, not worry about what this person's going to think or that person's going to think. No, it's time that we just simply get out of the boat. Amen. Well, to get out of the boat, I believe we need some things. I believe we need some things to get out of the boat. And one of the first things I see that we need to get out of the boat, we need some friends. Amen. We need some friends. That's true. Hey, understand, That's Peter good. is the only one out of the twelve who got out of the boat. Hey, but I'll tell you this, without the other eleven, I highly doubt that Peter would have been in the boat. Amen. Understand if the other eleven wouldn't have got in and followed after That's what right. Christ had told them to do to go to the other side, Peter wouldn't have been in the That's boat. True. And, and young people, let me tell you something. I'm not that much older than you. I know what it's like to be in high school, at least for the most part, as you all are in high school or in middle school. I'm familiar with that, not too far removed. But understand, you need you some friends who are going to get you Amen. in the right boat. You uh, need some friends Amen. who are going to get you going in the right direction. Amen. Hey, don't worry about what this group is doing or that group is doing. If God has given you some friends that are going to get you in the right boat, hop in the boat with it. Hey, you may just get out of the boat a little ways down the river. Yes, sir. Hey, you may just do something more for God. Hey, but you've got to have some friends that'll get in the boat. Amen. Understand Amen. that the boat that they got in, this wasn't something with a little trolley motor on it or a couple Hondas on the back. No. Hey, they had to get in the boat. They had to begin to row. They had to row right. and row and row and row to get to the other side. So you know what else? These friends need to be friends that are willing to go in the same direction. Ooh, they need to be willing to work with you. You Good need to be willing to work with them. And if you don't have friends like that, you need to be praying to God that He'd send some your way. Amen. This is why your group matters. This is why your friends matter. You say, oh, my... They may do that, but I'm not going to do that. I heard this, and this wasn't from a preacher, but I thought this was pretty good advice. Hey, if you've got a group of five people, and four of them go and do one thing, then the other one's going to be the fifth. Amen. If you've got four of them that are going to go out and drink, the other one's going to be the fifth. If you've got four right. of them that do right, then the other one's going to be the fifth. If you've got four of them that go around and uh, go out to places they shouldn't be, the other one's going to be the fifth. But if you've got four who will come to church and serve God, Amen. the other one's real likely to be the fifth. Yes. Four of them that are willing to see God's face and to do right by God, and the other one's real likely to be the fifth. That's why your friends matter. Yes, sir. We need some friends if we're going to get out of our boat. We need a focal if we're going to get out of our boat. That's belonging to a focus. Right. You see, to get out of the boat, Peter had to have something to focus on. I'll tell you, as I read the text here, even though a lot of them were fishermen, even though a lot of them were experienced in this type of thing, and this type of storm on this type of boat, even though they were experienced with that, I tell you this, most of them probably aren't getting out of the boat unless they have something they're going after. Amen. You don't need to get out of the boat just to go this way or that way. No. Right. You don't need to just get out of the boat to just see what it's like. No. You need to have you a focal point if you're going to get out of the boat. Amen. We need to be focused on Christ. We need to look unto Him as we get out of the boat and as we draw closer to Him. Not only do we need friends, we need a focal, we need faith to get out Amen. of the boat. We need faith. We need a faith that's going to move us. We need faith that's going to get us in the right direction. We need faith that's going to cause us to get into some uncomfortable and 
even Amen. some uncharted yes. waters. That's the kind of faith we need just to trust God that if God says to come up out of the boat that we're willing to do so. Hey, you say, God, I've never done this before. He says, come anyway. So right. You begin to work your way out of the boat and say, God, I'm not sure that I'm qualified. God says, come anyways. Hey, we need a faith that's going to get us out of the boat. Amen. That's what we need. We need a faith that's going to get us out of the boat. Notice what Jesus says to Peter here in the text, though. He asked Peter, he said, or he asked him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Well, if Peter had little faith and he walked on water, what does that mean we have? Amen. I'd reckon to say that our faith it's not always what it should be. The Bible tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. We have to have faith. And certainly, if we're going to get out of the boat and do a work for God, we need to have faith. Those are the things we need. But what is your focus? Remember, it's time to get out of the boat. What is your focus? Are you focused on the storm, what you can see in your peripheral, the circumstances surrounding your path to Christ, is that what you're focused on? Are you just going to get out of the boat and begin to look at this and then begin to be overwhelmed with what's going on over here to the right side or to the left side? Or are you going to keep your eyes on Christ? Amen. Are you going to begin to walk towards Him? Hey, we do not need to focus on the storm right. regardless of what is going on around us. And I know we need to be concerned to a certain degree to what is going on around us but we don't need to be consumed with it we don't yes. need to be consumed with the things of the world hey if we do exactly what God would have us to do and we are the people that God would have us to be separated set apart for him for his glory these other things that are off to the periphery will begin to start taking or they'll begin to start taking care of themselves so to speak the storm is that your focus is the sea your focus you see, this is whatever we're about to overcome. You see, Peter stepped out of the boat and said he came down out of the boat. So I imagine this isn't just some old John boat that he's in. But he came down out of the boat and he begins to walk on the sea. Amen. So the thing that is tearing their boat apart, about to capsize them, the thing that is uh, literally just seems like it's about to kill them is now under Peter's feet. Right. He's now above it. He's now walking on it just as Christ was walking on it to come towards him. There's no difference in what Peter is doing and what Christ is doing. But are you focused on what you're trying to overcome? Or are you focused on the Savior? Amen. Are you focused on the Savior? Understand that Peter excels. He does well. Hey, I think we all could just give Peter a round of applause as he gets out of the boat. And I believe the other disciples that were still in the boat are thinking Peter is crazy. We can kind of know it, but it's really proof that he's crazy. He's going to get off the boat and to walk on water. All because he's said, come. All but if your focus is right and God tells you to come, it doesn't really matter what your group of friends think. It doesn't really matter if we understand what God has told you. Yes, that's right. But are you focused on the Savior? Yeah. Are you focused on Him enough that you're able to not look at the storm, right. not look at the sea, and just keep walking towards Christ? 
Peter does well until his eyes are diverted. Amen. I don't mean this in a boastful way. And I'd say that most of you would probably agree with me. I hope so anyways. I think that we walk pretty well when we're focused on Christ. Yeah. But we don't walk, walk so well whenever we begin to look to the right or right. the left. Or we Amen. look at what's behind us or we begin to look at those in the boat. Yes. You see what I'm doing? No. But if we would focus on Christ, yes. we would excel much better than what we do. Say so it's time for us to get out of the boat. Amen. It's time for us to get out of the boat. So we know what we need to get out of the boat. We know what our focus should be when we get out of the boat. But really, this is the message here. Why should we get out of the boat? Amen. I wonder, should we get out of the boat for clout or hype? I think it's what all you all say in our youth group. Is that why we should get out of the boat? Should we get out of the boat for influence? So that we can look at somebody and say, well, do you see what I did? Or so that when somebody speaks your name, well, they say, oh, do you know he walked on water? Oftentimes, now that is associated with Peter, but most of the time, that's not what we talk about when we talk about Peter. Hey, so understand, getting out of the boat for cloud is not going to do you any good. Trying to get influence for yourself in this world is not going to do you any good. Getting out of the boat should be for one reason and one reason only. Should we get out of the boat for credit? For some acknowledgement? So when I get out of the boat and I come back and I say, you know what, James and John, Andrew, Matthew, all you guys, you don't stay in the boat. Hold on to your life jackets. And, but I was out there, I was two-stepping with Jesus. <laughs> no, we shouldn't get out of the boat for credit. Amen. We shouldn't get out of the boat so somebody would acknowledge us and say something about us. No, I'll tell you the reason why we should get out of the boat. To get, to get out of the boat, we should get out for closeness. Yes. We shouldn't get out for clout. We shouldn't get right. out for credit. But we should get out for closeness. We should get out so that we might be closer to God. So we might Amen. be closer to Christ. And not just so that we can be physically close, and that we can be spiritually close. Right. So yes. we might be molded more into the image of His Son. Hey, that's the reason we should get out of the boat. Amen. That should be our driving reason and service for God. Closer to Him in our walk. Closer to what God would have us to be. Closer to the image of Christ. That's why we should get out of the boat. I tell you what, our youth group, I... Thank God for you. I don't know that we've had this many up here to sing uh, since we started having youth services, and I'm thankful for that. But I tell you, as you go to camp this week, get you some friends that are going to get you in the right boat. Amen. I know we're going to church camp, but I tell you, there's probably going to be some kids there that really aren't there for the right reasons. Right. Hey, understand, you want to get you some good friends, get you some friends that are going to go in the right direction. Hey, those are some things we need. Get your focus on Christ before we Amen. ever get to the campground. Hey, begin to focus on Him. Have Him increase your faith. Focus on the Savior. 
every service, you ought to be looking for what God is trying to tell you. And I hope by the end of the week, some of you decide that it's time to get out of the boat. Hey, I hope that I decide that it's time for me to get out of the boat. Hey, to begin to step into some uncharted territories that God has been asking me to go to and I'm just unwilling to go to. I tell you, it's no different whether you're young, old, or middle-aged. Hey, oftentimes we think, well, if I just do this, it'll be easier to serve God in another couple of years or it'll be easier to serve God when I get out of high school. No, life gets busier. Yes. I tell you what, hey, it is always going to be difficult for us to serve God Amen. while we're on this earth. That's but good, preacher. if we decide that it's time for us to get out of the boat, we decide that God has told us to come. You see, that's the message of the whole Bible is to come. Right. All the way from Genesis to Revelation to come. God wants us to come to Him. He wants us to draw close to Him. Hey, He wants us to get out of the boat and to get closer to Him. Amen. I hope that I've challenged you Bless to you, begin to take inventory of your boat. Begin to see if you've got the things that are required so that you can even get out of the boat. Some of us aren't even in the right boat. Some of us don't have the right things to get out of the boat. But I tell you what we all can have. We can all have a knowledge of why we should get out of the boat. For closeness. To be closer to Christ. To be more like Him. I tell you, I know people who are, well, you, you just want me to be like this or to be like that. No. I don't want you to be like this church or that church. I don't want you to be like, I don't want our youth group to be like another youth group. I want our youth group to be like Christ. Amen. I want to be like Christ. I don't want to be like another preacher. I want to be like Christ would have me to be. I don't want to be like another Christian. I want to be like Christ would have me to be. But I cannot be that unless I get out of the boat. You cannot be that unless you get out of the boat. It is required for us to get out of the boat. Now I know that Peter's the only one out of 12 that got out of the boat. But you see what happened when Peter did. I'll tell you this. You notice what happens when they get back in the boat. They begin to worship Christ. Nothing said about Peter. Peter was over there walking on water too. But nobody says, well, Peter, he's the son of sons. No. They look at Christ and that's say, good, oh, true. He is the Son of Amen. God. Amen. Fact. Take that one to the bank. Yeah. You fact check that one all day. Amen. Every time it comes back Amen. to the Amen. Yes. Get your DNA test. That's God's Son. Amen. That's basically what they're saying. They say, hey, I ain't seen anybody else been able to do it. I ain't seen anybody else do it under their own power. That's God's Son. Amen. Amen. That's why we should get out of the boat for closeness. I want to be willing to get out of the boat when God tells me to come. I hope that you are as well. Hope that you want to get out of the boat. But I'm curious this evening. As Brother John comes, we get a song. We won't sing, we just play softly. What is it going to take for you to get out of the boat? Now, those of you that are in our youth group, y'all listen to me back there on Wednesdays. I want you to listen to me real good for just a moment. What is it for you 
What is it going to take for you to get out of the boat? Not what is it going to take for somebody else in the youth group to get out of the boat, but what is it going to take for you to get out of the boat? I don't know what that is, but I tell you, if it's not for closeness, it's probably not the right thing. What is it going to take for God to do for you to get out of the boat? Maybe He wants you to step into some type of ministry. Maybe He wants you to get more serious about Him. Maybe He wants you to begin to witness to your friends. I don't know what it is for you to get out of the boat, but God has something for you to do if you would get out of the boat. So I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to ask our youth group to come up here, every last one of you, whether you're going to camp or not. I want you to kneel down at this altar. And I'd like the adults, if you would, Pray for them as they
Um, just a reminder on the announcements. Uh, church camp is this week. You are welcome to come to morning services or evening services. I'll tell you, it would be a blessing and an encouragement to our youth to see some of the people from our church there, to encourage them and to support them. Uh, at the very least, please pray for them while they're at camp this week. That's at Parchment Valley. It's very easy to find. I'm sure uh, if you need an address, I think you can even Google it. Um, Wednesday night, a church will be open. Uh, come gather, sing, testify, pray. Um, pray for church camp while you're here Wednesday night. Um, or you can come to church camp Wednesday night. Uh, next Sunday, missionary offer, love offering for help ministries. And then uh, July 30th, be business meeting after PM service. And then homecoming is uh, first Sunday in August. And Brother Travis Carlock will be with us, correct? All right. I believe that's one thing. I, I need. I just there's something we have to do. Uh, just the kids that are going and their mothers will do the change thing in the event or dismiss. Please come back up here again real quick or something we have to do. Uh, no big deal, but it's got to be done. I'll explain when you get up here. So that's all I got. Okay. Alright, we got a lot of money. Thank God. So we gotta make some change. Make some weight. Um, some